Welcome back to Quarters in Session presented by the Caps On Podcast. If you like what you hear going forward, please uh, like, rate, review, let us know how we're doing, uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, Nick, how, uh, how are you? Uh, you know, taking it easy on this fine Thursday evening. You know, just another day in paradise here in, uh, in Wayne, New Jersey. As, as always. Uh, as so I always. Guess the, I guess the first uh, little bit of uh, business that we have is the players taking a stand on the, uh, on the killing of Jacob Blake. Uh, chose yesterday, led by Milwaukee and followed by the other teams and ultimately the NBA, to protest the games and not play. Um, so that was yesterday, the 20, the 20, 26th Six. of August, me, not a calendar. I have to look right? <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on the 26th. And ultimately they're going to, uh, they're going to protest today as well on the 27th. And, uh, there's been meetings with the players in the bubble about what kind of action that they feel that they should be taking, whether it's appropriate to continue, um, with what they're doing in the bubble. And I think it was ultimately led to the players deciding that they're going to continue to use their platform in the bubble with the league to, to um, keep going with, uh, with their, with their social justice efforts. Um, yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's tough. Only they know what I, I have no suggestion about anything. Um, what else are you going to do at this point? You know, to me, they, whatever they, whatever they do is the right move. You know, whatever absolutely. they decide to do is, is, is what's what they feel is best. And that's ultimately the best way to, to go forward. But um, it looks like we are going to have a resumption of the season starting this weekend. Um, so I guess we could just go on and, and uh, say, uh, say what we've been seeing so far in the bubble. Uh, I think it's, I think we could start with saying, with saying some goodbyes. To, uh, no, well, you you could start with saying your farewell tour to your friends. Uh, are, we gonna, are we going to are we going to are we going to start with the Nets? We can start with the Nets. Um, yeah, this team was this team was decimated coming in, um, and they showed fight in the qualifying games, and then they kind of rolled over and died in the uh, yeah. in the actual playoff games, and that's to be expected against Toronto. But um, now we get into a really interesting off season for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, as they need a permanent head coach, Jacques Vaughn is going to be in the running for that. He was the interim coach, but um, there's been rumors swirling, rumors swirling that there's uh, a man named Greg Popovich who might, who may or may not be swindled into. All right, David. Whoa, 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 whoa. All right, now, now slow down. Swindle is not even the right word. First of all, <laughs> all, all that was said was that the Nets would be interested in pursuing Greg Popovich. There's nothing from Popovich's. Group saying that he's interested in even leaving the San Francisco. You're Carter's correct. First. That's fine. Okay. All you're right. already so getting all excited. So you're already all no, excited no, no, no. about it. Yeah, no, you are. Fine. Look at you. You're you're all excited about <laughs> the possibility. Yes, uh, I am. I am interested in the possibility of, of Greg Popovich coaching this team. Um, but with that said, he's under contract with the San Antonio Spurs, and it's going to take some sort of compensation for the Spurs to to just you know part ways with him. Uh, Kevin Durant. In, in the, yeah right Um, yeah coaching trades aren't necessarily common in the nba they happen but it's not common um so it's it's hard to put together like a package per se for a coach 
when normally they're surrounded by like a handful of second round picks maybe or like a late first or something like that like it, it's really tough Listen, to that's gauge why I, I don't of... think that's why i don't think it's gonna happen i mean you right. to maneuver around something like that is just it's tough and then what's mm-hmm. the point of maneuvering around it now you're giving up something instead of just paying paying for a coach who could do just as good of a job right but if if you're the spurs right and and Greg Popovich is like, I think I want to try my hand at other opportunities. They're not going to look at Greg Popovich, the coach who's brought them to where they are, and like help you, them. You expect him to say that after even? I mean, not necessarily. I don't, not necessarily. I don't. No. Ex- I don't think he's. I don't think he's interested in leaving. I mean, he's he's had teams there before that haven't you know mm-hmm. ha- had the star power and what. You know, once you're a long tenure guy there, you know, he's a staple of that organization. They they looked him for right. all the stuff. Like, they treat him well. I don't know why he would leave. I get why the Nets would want him. Who wouldn't mm-hmm. want him as their head coach? I mean, I would love the Celtics to have him as a head coach. Who would? Team wouldn't. But realistically, I don't think he goes anywhere. Right. No, I agree with you. I don't think it's realistic to necessarily assume that he's going to um... – want out of that situation especially the way he's built it up but if he thinks if he if he goes on the contingency that's like I'm gonna leave and I want Becky Hammond to be the coach right there the, the Spurs aren't gonna tell him no you know it, it, it really it, it comes down to pop if Popovich is like this is where I am this is where I'm gonna be the the organization the Spurs organization is gonna be like phenomenal great we're not going to make any changes, but if he's like, I want to go try something else, they're not going to, they're not going to block him in any way. I don't think it's, it's just what I was trying to get at. Um, I agree. But that, that's an opportunity for, for coach to come in, whether it's, you know, Greg Popovich, Ty Lu, Jason Kidd, Jacques Vaughn coming back, something like that uh, to coach Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving plus either a surplus of solid role players or those role players get shifted for a legitimate third star. And I wanted to ask you, what what would you if you're 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 Sean Marks, you're the six foot seven, six foot eight tall New Zealand uh, general manager, okay? That's an upgrade. I, I, I would take that over being a little <laughs> being a little five ten assistant manager at a supermarket. <laughs> so okay, so so you are you're Sean Marks. Looking at the Nets roster, what are you what are you doing? Are you holding on to the dudes? Or are you trying to get a guy like like a Brad Beal or uh, or, or is there another star? Yeah, I think it's I think it's more so of a trade deadline kind of deal they would have to make. I mean, who knows? You don't know what you have, you know, mm-hmm. with, with your guys. Um, obviously with the shortened season this year and not having KD all year and having Kyrie maybe half of the year this year, you don't know where you're going to get out of your guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, next year with a fully healthy team, I would like. I mean, I, we, I mean, you have great role players in Joe Harris and, and, and uh, you saw Karis LeVert peak out and Jared Allen, um, you know, even Rodion's Kurutz and all that stuff on your bench. You have a de- it's a decent team. It's like it's a bad team. Do they need to make a move? I don't think they need to make a move. Um, could they? Sure. But I think you're really going to hurt your team. Uh, I mean, that, that team's always been a, a – I feel like the chemistry is always good. You, you need good role players for that team. Uh, you know, with, with the two scores and DeAndre Jordan and, and Jared Allen being fine down low, I don't think there's a need to trade. I mean, obviously, we'll see how things happen um, towards the trade deadline next next year. And Brad Beal is always going to be one of the hot names thrown around on the trade block. Brad Beal, Andrew Wiggins, um, you know, anybody like that. 
I think it would take a, a, a lot to trade away or to, to, to get Brad Beal off of Washington. And I don't think it'd be worth it at the end of the, at the end of the day. Um, so I think they should hang on for the time being. You do trade for somebody, you do trade for a small shooter. I mean, you have Kate. My whole thing is you're like, I don't know what you're going to get out of Kevin Durant. I mean, you're looking at a 75, 80% Kevin Durant uh, at best. And I mean, how comfortable is he going to be out on the floor playing 35 minutes a game? Like, I, I don't know. You know, if maybe he loses his defense, you know, his defensive ability and, you know, his shooting is still there. Okay, well, now you have to go out and get a defensive player. You know, his shooting's not there, but his defensive ability is there. Then, okay, let's go out and get another shooter. Um, so it's going to be tough. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what Sean Marks does. He's got the pieces to go one way or another. I think mm-hmm. the Nets are sitting pretty right now. I think it's one of the better coaching uh, coaching opportunities in the league to come in and coach two superstars like that in a, in a not a war chest per se, but a decent uh, a decent uh, takeaway of role players along with the the um, the New Orleans Pelicans job. I think it's a solid one as well. Uh, moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are, were sent packing by your Boston Celtics. In uh, in the wake of that, they have fired. Coach Not only Brett were they Brown. sent packing, as, as they were walking out the door, there was a broom going behind them too, <laughs> saying "Get get out of here." Yeah. Uh, that, so they so they've left the bubble, fired Brett Brown, and firing Brett Brown is, I feel like, was a year too late, possibly. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think it's late, but I gotta respect Elton Brand and the in the Sixers giving him another, you know, giving him a chance, I guess, mm-hmm. this year. I'm like, listen, we'll give you one more shot. We'll see what you can do. Yeah, I think it's too late. They had they had good reason to fire him last year, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially with the way the team blew up in the offseason, too. Uh, you know, Alan Brand's already gone on record saying he's not looking to trade either Embiid or Simmons. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I think that's the right move? Not really, but that's fine with me. Let them make the I wrong think, move again and again. I think it's – I think it's – I don't think you should go out and ch- – so opportunity or not opportunity, but I guess I guess goal number one for them to sign a coach, right? And they're going to sign a coach that is going to say that he can do the most for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, whatever that is, right? And we've talked about this in the past, so I don't want to keep like, you know, ringing on it. So whatever that coach says, whatever coach is going to get hired, it says that he can get the most out of Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, right? And whatever else they bring in. And he'll probably have a hand in – he should bring in shooters, right? Guys that can space the floor around those two. Um, That said, if it doesn't work out in the first some odd games, right, you have a trade deadline. And Ben Ben Simmons is probably the better trade option, I think, for other teams than Joel Embiid. Mm -hmm. But I would I yeah. would try to ship Joel Embiid first if I were if I were Elton Brand and it came to that situation if you if you harp on it and decide that uh, and decide that that's the move you want to make. I mean I, I agree Ben Simmons is the better trade chip, but I think the better move is Embiid. You look at his injury history, um, mm-hmm. you look at his lack of uh, endurance and, and how hard he plays, uh, you know, towards the end of the games and it, it just. It, listen, Embiid's a, you know a, arguably one of the best center in the game. I think he, I think Jokic is better, but um, only yeah. because Jokic can play all 42 minutes and still run up and down the floor. Um, you get. I, I, I saw what I think I saw a trade pot. You know, there, there's everyone's throwing out trade rumors now, and you know uh, possibilities of trades. And I saw that you know uh, the Golden State Warriors like throwing together Andrew Wiggins and the two pick for Embiid. 
mm-hmm. like, and then imagine that. I mean, I, I think it'd be, it fits on only certain teams. I mean, who you need to be kind of set in, you have to already have shooters, um, an established point guard, uh, pretty good rotation guys if you want to get in B. But Simmons, mm-hmm. you move Simmons, everyone's going to give you the whole world for Simmons, you know, for his potential right. and stuff like that. And I don't think, I don't think you can win necessarily with with uh, with a, you know, a center being one of your best players. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the last, if you look at the last six NBA champions, so we'll look at Toronto, their centers, Marcus All, who Third. is who is really good at what he does. Marcus All is going to lock down your best, you know, def- like your best, your best center. And he's going to make very smart passes and he's going to make some shots here and there, whether it's down low or at the three point line, Abaka, very much of the same thing. Um, and then golden state in 17 and 18, you had Jordan Bell, Damian Jones, Kevon Looney, JaVale McGee, Zaza Pachulia and David West. Right, that's seventeen, eighteen, Golden State. Though none of those guys are your best player, obviously. Same thing mm-hmm. in sixteen, seventeen, with the addition um, for th- those those same guys. Fifteen and sixteen in Cleveland, you have Channing Frye, Timothy Mozgov, and Anderson Verajao. They have Tristan Thompson listed as a power forward uh, on yeah. Basketball Reference, but I think Steven he's more of a, he's more of a center, and he won them I mean, that series because he was able to out rebound. Um, the Golden State Warriors in that series. He, he kind of made the difference. And that's why he got paid. People people forget that. But then, you know, we go back to the Golden State Warriors, and it's Festus Azili, Andrew Bogut, and uh, Mo Spates. Festus Azili. God. And then in 13 and 14, San Antonio, you have Aaron Baines, who didn't play that much, uh, oh, Tim Duncan, and Tiago Splitter. So the, the center position is kind of devalued, where you have to do a lot of different things. And I don't know if Joel Embiid can really – um, do that as your best player if you're going to him every single time. Um, I agree, and, and I mean, you see what happened in this past playoff series when uh, there's no Simmons and it was just Embiid. And uh-huh. okay, you know, in the first quarter, I think in, in Game Four, Embiid had like 20 points in the first quarter. He was like six of six shooting, um, just kind of balling out. I mean, every you just feed him the ball, you feed him the ball, uh-huh. then that's fine. But by the second quarter, by the third quarter, when you know when you take him out and you put your benches, you know your second string guys, and you're getting decimated. I mean, that's when the Celtics yeah. were on the score. I think they went on like a 62 to like 20 run at one point, and it was just yeah. it was terrible. Uh, so you're right; it's definitely not the proper way to build a team. He's a good complement, but that's not how you want to build mm-hmm. a team. And there's questionable decisions that Elton Brand has made signing Tobias Harris, you know, trading everything that Hinky kind of worked for for Tobias Harris and then signing, signing him to an extension and then signing Al Horford to an extension. And those are two of the, <laughs> those are two of the, the, the worst contracts in basketball, I would think, right? Every, I mean, yeah. everybody says it. So I hate to be in the guy that says what everybody else says, but it's, it's, but it's true. true. It's, it's tough. Um, I, I mean, think I think they, they got to get rid of both of them. They got to get rid of both of them. They got to. It's gotta, hard I to think, get. It's yes, hard to get those, rid of both those, those guys. Yeah, it's yeah. very hard to get rid of those guys, especially if you're like, all right, somebody will take Al Horford, but they want our next two unprotected first round picks. Like, do you decimate your future to get rid of a bad contract that you put yourself in, mm-hmm. or do you just suck it up? And that's what you got. What you got is what you got. But we'll see yeah, how that Sixers, plays Sixers out. Sixers are in a sticky situation. Mm-hmm. It is. It, and it's going to be. Gonna... I hope he messes it up even more. I really mm-hmm. hope he does. I really. Ho- I, I would love to see it. 
I mean, you as a you as a Celtics fan, me as a Nets fan, in the same division, divisions don't really matter so much in basketball. This is really like a tiebreaker. But even in the same conference, right? Obviously, you and I want to see the other Eastern Conference teams, you know, make questionable decisions and did questionable decisions that will uh, make our teams, you know, have an easier run at the at the end game there. So. I, I'm I with you, it. but it's going to be, it's going it. to be one of the most interesting like puzzle pieces that we've, uh, that we've seen in a long time for them to, to, to mm-hmm. piece everything together. Uh, last team that we got going home is the Indiana Pacers. Oh, listen, the, the Orlando Magic. Oh no, they didn't go home. Oh, they didn't go no, home. They're still, there. Home no, they're still there. They won a game. They won a game. They won a game. They won a game. The Indiana Pacers uh, who responded to their uh, first round sweep at the hands of the Miami Heat by firing Nate McMillan. Um, I have been back and forth with this firing of Nate McMillan because on the one hand, he got swept by the Heat and his performance in the playoffs has been underwhelming um, Mm -hmm. at best. And you could – like, he's gotten tough matchups. He's gotten the Boston Celtics. He's gotten the Miami Heat with his dudes decent – with his, with an, an Oladipo that, that isn't at 100% or may not ever be at 100% and no, um, and no Sabonis. So, you know, is it I his fault? Just, I think he's just gotten very unlucky. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we've seen him get a lot out of his players, especially in the regular season. We saw in the seeding games, too, at a TJ Warren. Um, you're right. I mean, it's a bull it, – it, it's a – 50-50, how do you stand on it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a good coach, and, and, you know, there's a bunch of people that have gone on record saying that he does get the most out of his players. Absolutely. you got to respect that. you got to respect that as, as a fan, as a player, that, you know, you know you're, you're got, you, your coach is going to, you know, push you and, you know, make you a better player. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, this playoff record, and listen, the East is so top-heavy every year, and, you know, they, they do. They, they're getting bad hands, you uh, not having Sabonis and, and, and the unluckiness with Owen Depot going down and, you know, Miles Turner not developing maybe as, as everybody was hoping he was going to mm-hmm. um, and, and the disappearance of TJ, uh, TJ Warren, this, the, uh, you know, in the playoffs, some of it you can put the blame on him for some of it. You can't, um, you know, it sucks. I think he's a good coach and he's going to find, he's going to get another job pretty soon probably. Um, mm-hmm. Or he's at least going to be, high up on people's lists and he's he'll be all right um it's just interesting to see what the pacers are going to do next what, what kind of person what kind of coach they're even looking for at this point you have you, you they already had a coach with a, a developmental coach now what do you get yeah i'm going to give you their expiring deals right after this season justin holiday jakar sampson and elise johnson are free agents so not much there no they have Oladipo on the books till 2021. They have Brogdon on the books till 2023. Turner on the books till 2023. Warren and Lamb till 2022. McDermott, whatever. Uh, and Sabonis till 23-24. I don't think they're going to blow it up necessarily. But I think they're – I wouldn't be surprised if they trade Victor Oladipo in the offseason. I, I think, that would I mean, not surprise he, me at he, all. He's got to go. I mean, he doesn't. It's. I don't think they blow it up either. But I think everybody on that team, um, doesn't shouldn't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could see anybody on that team being traded from Brogdon uh, to Turner. 
Uh, but you, but, but like you said, with Depot having an expiring contract, you know, and, and that might be a shot that the Nets might take. You know, there's an expiring contract mm-hmm. that maybe you get you get a, another 80% guy, but he's a shooter. He can play both sides of the ball. Um, when he gets high, he gets hot. You know, he makes the team better. So uh, Depot is probably the better trade target, but I could see anybody going on the block at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's tough because, like, obviously, like, they just they just signed Sabonis to an extension. They just signed Brogdon for four years. It's It's going to be – it's going to be tough to see what they do. And that's why I think, you know, try to get the most what you can out of Oladipo and maybe Miles Turner right now. And you have some money on the books for some players that fit your mold mm. and you have draft capital to see what you can do. But, um, you know, they still pay Monte Ellis fucking 2.2 million. No way. Uh, according to, uh, according to basketball reference, they pay Monte no Ellis. No way. Yeah. For how long? <laughs> till, uh, 21, till the 2022 season. He's only 34. He can pop off the bench. Restructure his contract and then just, yeah, it's like the just Bobby Vanilla sten- deal. Yeah, keep, keep extending him. Uh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Okay. Um, I guess we can go on to the teams that have moved on. So we got, I guess, from Indiana, we can go to we can go to Miami. So I love what I saw from Miami uh, this round, uh, especially Jimmy Butler. Right, and you expect Jimmy Butler to, you know, kind of flip that extra switch when it's coming to the playoffs. But I think he kind of, I think he took it to a to a next level. You know what I mean? I just don't know if the Heat have what it takes to make that jump um, that they need to make to beat. The Bucks, the the Bucks and the Raptors. I mean, the Celtics. I, I don't want to talk too much about because I never know what they're going to play like, and I hate predicting them. Um, uh-huh. And even the Bucks, whatever. But I don't know if they can make that jump. I mean, they've shown flashes of potential, but they also have shown you know some games where it's like you, you get nothing. You know, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero aren't, aren't shooting the lights out. What what else do they have? I mean, Jimmy Butler is not a score. Uh, you know, he isn't a scorer. I mean, he's a he's a great player. He can do it on both sides of the court. You know, he can make a bucket. Um, but I'm not expecting Jimmy Butler to put up 35 points on like you know 50% shooting. You know, he's going to shoot. Maybe he'll he'll put up 30 points, but on like 30% shooting, and that could hurt the team. Um, you know, Bam Adebayo isn't really a shooter. He he's just that perennial paint guy. Uh, I mean, they have good rotational guys too. I mean, the team is structured pretty well. Um, you know, I don't think this is their year. I think next year they'll, they're they going to really be a problem um, after being together for a full year, and especially in this bubble season, getting the chemistry going. Um, I can see them being a threat next year. This year, I I, I don't think they're going to get swept. Uh, it's, it's nothing like that because who are they playing next? Milwaukee if they win? Uh, or when Milwaukee wins? Yeah, I think, yeah, yes. they play Milwaukee. So I kind of think that Giannis is just going to bow right through him and it's going to get – I, I mean, listen, we've seen the Bucks at their best, and the Bucks are pretty good. Um, it'd be uh-huh. nice to see the Bucks lose and the Heat beat them, but I don't know. I, I'm thinking it's going to be more of like a 4-2 series. Uh, you know, the Heat take a couple games, but they're close, and then I see that the Bucks run away with a couple of them too. Uh-huh. Who do you think scored more for the 2019-2020 Heat? Udonis Haslam or Dion Waiters? Uh, don't tell me it's Haslam. Is that your final answer? I want to say Dion Waiters, but if you tell me it's Udonis Haslam, I might have to. I need a, I need a final answer. Dion Waiters. Dion Waiters has scored 28 points for this Miami Heat team when he was there for three games before he got suspended. Udonis Haslam has scored 12 points. 
Oh, thank God. All right. In well, like, four games. So I just thought that was interesting. No, but I agree with yeah. you. I think Miami, I think Miami is kind of built for um is kind of built for the playoffs, right? They have a good they have a dominant guy in Jimmy Butler who's going to who's that alpha dog personality. They have a solid number two in Bam Adebayo who can match up with the best centers and he's athletic enough to guard, you know, some of the smaller players in the league, at least stay in front of them or you know, if he falls behind, he can at least, you know, contest their shots without fouling. Um, Duncan Robinson has really come out of nowhere this season. And he, I don't think he misses threes ever. I don't think I've ever seen him miss a three. Um, okay, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so, I don't think I've ever seen him miss one. Yeah, so it, it's, uh, yeah, 40, 45% from three. That's ridiculous. And then Tyler Hero shooting <laughs> shooting 39% from three. It's ridiculous. So they, those guys, if those guys are popping off, phenomenal if those guys and again, are missing they, shots if see, those guys the are thing shots. is is it that they i, I want to see them play i mean it, it is gonna be interesting to see how they play the box because the competition from playing the indiana pacers to go jumping to the you know milwaukee box mm-hmm. um it's a high jump so it'll be interesting to see how they especially the defense the defense that the you know milwaukee box play after you know Giannis wins defensive player of the year mm-hmm. which fine um you know, their defense is – they play great defense and uh, with the length of everybody on that court, they could stretch the uh, – you know, stretch both sides of the field. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't know. You know I like what Miami I see from team, the Heat, but I just don't know. This Miami team is very well – is very well coached, obviously, with Eric Spolstra. But the one thing that keeps coming back to me is their their relative youth. Um I mean, you yeah. look at Jimmy well, Butler. He's been there be. before. I, that's, that's why I think it's going to be a year's game for them. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler's been there, right? Goran Dragic has been there. Um, I believe this is Bam Adebayo's first experience in the playoffs. I think so. Okay, no, he was there in 17 and 18, but only played in five games and only scored mm. three, points, uh, three points a game. So this is really his first big-time experience. Obviously, it's Duncan Robinson and, and Kendrick Nunn's and um, Tyler Heroes. So. We'll see how those guys adapt. I think it's kind of gone understated that they now have um, Andre Iguodala and Jay Crowder. Those guys are probably among the toughest dudes in the league. And you've seen Jay Crowder in a Celtics uniform, right? Yeah, Jay Crowder. Where Jay Crowder's a dog. He's gonna. Yeah, he's he's a dog, right? And he's gonna he's gonna compete. And you know, those two might not score, but they're going to compete on both sides of the floor. They're not going to make you drill your head into the wall with stupid decisions. Um, so I think this Miami team is very well diff- disciplined. I think youth is going to play a big factor um, going into the last uh, – or going going into uh, further rounds of the playoffs. Um, speaking of well-disciplined rosters, we have the Toronto Raptors, who are – Yeah, that series – I'm so excited uh, for the Celtics-Raptors series. I think it's mm-hmm. going to be great. Uh, the way the Raptors have been playing is, I mean, the way they pass the ball. Again, we it is the they they did play a damaged Brooklyn Nets team who had who had their second string and their third strings out there the mm-hmm. whole game. Fine, but still the way they passed the ball, uh, the way they made it look, it was pretty great. Um, I was real impressed by the way the Celtics play basketball too. Uh, mm-hmm. Kemba Walker looks 100% healthy. Jason Tatum's an absolute baller. Uh, Jalen Brown isn't as a stud. Marcus Smart should have been one of – he should have been out there for the defensive player of the year. Um, it, it's going to be a back-and-forth 
I see it as a six, seven game series between these two teams. Yeah, I don't see I don't see how it doesn't go seven games. You know, on like it's it's going to be one of the most physical series that we see in mm-hmm. here because you don't like if if you are being switched off a guy, right? You're going to you're the dude that you're being switched on to can also guard you. You know, if Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. and another dude are in a pick and if Kyle Lowry and I don't know Serge Ibaka are in a pick and roll, right? It's an easy flip switch right there for the Celtics. And same with vice versa. If it was Kemba and Tatum or Kemba and uh, yeah, Kemba and I mean that's why like it, that. it could be great because neither side like uh, when the Celtics played the Sixers and you know they have oversized big men when it comes to um, Horford and Embiid. Uh, and even Tobias Harris is, is a pretty oversized big guy, and mm-hmm. the Celtics don't have that. Oh, but he struggles and, defending Tobias Harris, but you yeah, know. and but but still, like the, the length that the Sixers had, and then it's going to, you know, it's, I think the Toronto Raptors and the Celtics are kind of shaped the same way, uh, in the mm-hmm. way they structure their team. Um, I think I think the Toronto Raptors are shaped structured a little bit better, um, but I think the Celtics have a deeper bench. That's just me. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it, you, like you said, the pick and roll, the switch game is. It, it doesn't matter what you do; it's positionless basketball out there. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I think these guys are going to come in and push this, push this series to seven games. I, I think. Oh, it's going to be fun! It's going to be fun. And I'm going to rip my hair every second of that game. Yeah, Kyle Lowry sprained his ankle, or sprained, twisted against the Brooklyn Nets. So we'll see if he comes in at 100%. Uh, you know, we know ankle injuries are kind of tough uh, to really gauge where you're at. Everybody's kind of different. So it's yeah, definitely I mean, going to be interesting like to see. Gordon Hayward to that stuff, for, uh, to a, a, mm-hmm. an ankle injury for the rest of the, mm-hmm. the bubble. And that, that hurts. I mean, that, that's a key rotational guy. Yeah. Um, you know, Gordon Hayward's still a scorer. He was putting up 20 a game. Mm-hmm. Or he was putting up like 15, 16 a game. But he had the potential to give you 20. Um, knows how to pass the ball, rebounds, plays defense. Um, so it's tough losing him too. So we'll we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited. Hopefully, uh, you know, these games start up soon though. But obviously, hey, we're not rushing into it. I got nothing to do mm-hmm. for the next 20 years. So let it ride. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a a, a really solid series. Um, you have a prediction? I guess you're gonna. Go, I think you're gonna go Boston just because you're a Boston I'm gonna go, fan. I'm but... gonna go. I, I am. I'm gonna go Boston in seven. Um, okay. But the, but I I'm not gonna be. Ha- I mean, I'm not gonna be disappointed. It's tough to say I'm not gonna be disappointed if they lose because I don't know what the games is, is are gonna be. I don't want it to be a. I want it, if the Celtics lose, I want it to go seven games. I don't want it to be a you know a, a, right a four two, um, anything like that. A four one that'd just be ridiculous. Uh, I would yeah. like a seven-game series. I think it's you know, any ex- any experience for both of these teams, well, more so the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors, because most of this Toronto team was, you know, they got a ring on their finger. So mm-hmm. for Boston, if they, you know, this is Kemba Walker's first experience getting into the second round, right? Uh, we'll see what kind of production that we get from, like, Tatums and Browns and Marcus Smart, and if you want to beat the, I think if you want to beat the Raptors, you have to have your best every single night. It has to be consistent. Um, yeah, it's just, and, it's, you know, I think if they, if we were playing, uh, you know, in Toronto or Boston, as opposed to playing in uh, Orlando in a gym, mm-hmm. I think that the playoff experience would be more uh, um, of an advantage. I would say. Mm-hmm. Like now, you, what you you just pump up some crowd music and that's supposed to kind of rattle you. Um, yeah, but I think these guys are going to get into the you know get into the competition a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I think yeah, that kind no, of is no, a motivator I, yeah. in itself. 
Yeah, um, no, absolutely. I don't want to debate that because that, that's, that's for sure. Um, it's just, I don't, you know, the playoff experience is there, but like, I mean, come on, like that, that hype around that game, seven Phillies, uh, Phillies, the Sixer, Toronto, I mean, that's crazy. You know, you're mm-hmm. not going to have moments like that where the crowd's going nuts um, unless they're pumping in crowd music and it just sounds like it's crazy. Right. Um, but other than that, they, and you know. These two teams split the season series 2-2. Two, two. Um, mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. definitely going to be interesting. I think I'm going to go Toronto in seven with the differentiator being the playoff experience that uh, that Toronto has. Um, so I guess the lot we can uh, – so that covers everything in the East, pretty much. Oh, no, no, no. We still hey, have you, Milwaukee and North. I mean, yeah, we listen, I don't want to talk Orlando. too much about it. Let me, let me ask you. What are you going to say? What are you going to say? Let me just ask you a question. Milwaukee has kind of looked shaky against Orlando. Yep. Does, it scare, does that scare you moving forward? Uh, I don't know. You don't, I don't know. know? I really don't know because I, they were one of the most disappointing teams in the, uh, the seating in our seeding games because they decided not to play defense and lose the four out of their five games. Um, that first game, they looked like a trash and it scared me. Then they kind of blew them out the past three games. Um, so I think they're fine. I think they kind of got back into it, but it scares me to know that they could also not give a crap and just kind of take a big duty on the game and just mm-hmm. let the heat walk all over them. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's interesting um this this bucks team i don't want to say that they're in trouble but if they continue to play the way they're playing i would probably be a little nervous um it's it's tough for me to say didn't they just win by 20 points in these last three games or something like that yeah i mean Giannis is doing everything he can right which is as per usual Mm -hmm. um Chris and Chris Middleton, Middleton has kind of been struggling. Because he's not good, dude. He's not good. <laughs> Chris Middleton is not great. He's a okay. He's a good basketball player. He could yes, I'm not whatever. He's just not that good, dude. Except when he plays the Boston Celtics and then he shoots the lights out. <laughs> so I'm telling you, if the Celtics play the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals, Chris Middleton's gonna average like twenty five points a game. I'm it's, and I'm gonna hate every yeah, second of it. I mean yeah, I, I'm looking at these numbers right now in, in, in these playoffs, and it's, it's not overly impressive where Chris Middleton is shooting 37% from three, but 31% from the floor, only 13 points a game. He's still pulling down seven rebounds, but, you know, you need to do a bit more. I, I don't worry for this Boston team or for this, um, for this Milwaukee team, this Bucks team, but uh, it, it could get shaky if they get outplayed. Not that they're getting outplayed by Orlando, but Orlando's giving them a decent fight. You know what I mean? Like they're playing hard and I feel like they're giving other teams. We talked about this last week, other teams of the blueprint of like how to beat them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I said, I think Miami's going to take steal a couple games from them. Sure. Um, it'll be interesting if, you know, if this game goes, goes seven games too. Uh, I, I think Miami could, I mean, Miami has the ability to make it close, especially if you keep the Bucks napping. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't care less about the Milwaukee Bucks, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's move over to the West. Um, I guess we can start with the Lakers in Portland because I think that one's on the uh, on the edge of uh, being over. Damian Lillard has left the bubble. Uh, he's not going to play anymore. 
so it's McCollum and CJ Carmelo. McCollum's got a McCollum's got like a broken back. They say yeah, he walks around back. in the bubble with uh with a back brace. Um, yeah, you have I mean, Zach Collins who isn't playing. You have yep. uh, Nurkic who's still you know trying to get through his his grandma passing. Um, you have an aged Carmelo. You have just role players on the bench. It they're done. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's sad because I was I mean we're all hoping to see a good fight and it was I mean the first game was great the first couple the games first game was good, good. Um, but the Lakers are the Lakers and when you have LeBron and AD on the same team no wonder you're going to win almost every game yeah it's um it's curtains for the for the for the trailblazers oh um, yeah no doubt no doubt that's fine I think they're okay with that they did what they wanted to do um I don't think they were expected to I mean, they weren't expected to beat the Lakers, and I don't think – whatever. But no, but you know what? Help, when they, when they beat the Nets next... and made the playoffs, it was it was kind of it was kind of overhyped. It was kind of like, look what this team is doing. They could upset the Lakers. And whether everyone was just saying it to say it or if everyone believed it is a different thing. But, like, I, I mean, we're uh, – Maybe next year. I mean, yeah, maybe next year when everyone's healthy and can get back here. Um Looking Dame at these Lillard playoff still, numbers, Dame Lillard is still a stud, dude. That guy absolutely. is an absolute stud. Absolutely, as an, abso- as an absolute baller. Mm-hmm. Looking at these playoff numbers, um, you know everybody gets on everybody gets on uh, Danny Green and Kentavious Caldwell Pope and you know other guys and can, for for and Kuzma for missing shots. But first of all, LeBron is forty three percent for the series. Bless you. Um, oh, shit. Danny Green is 40% from three. Contavious Caldwell-Pope is 39%. And Kuzma's 37%. I don't think you can get much better from those guys. Uh, I know they had one stinker, you know, and it kind of threw everything off. But they've been pretty much lights out, making the shots that they're supposed to hit right now. Um, yeah, they're, they're gonna, the, Lakers going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Who, they play, who, who, they, who they play next round? So they would play do, 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 the winner of Houston and OKC, which is a good segue because that's a really fun series that we should talk about because holy wow those teams don't like each other um and they're probably about as well matched as any team um going in here yeah it's just my thing with the rockets is they're not deep i mean they really are and that's that's what kind of screws them over at the end um but -hmm. it's also crazy to see OKC just overperform like again and again and again. I mean, Chris Paul mm-hmm. is just a baller, and Shy Shy is just developing, and um, Danilo Gallinari is still relevant. Like, it's just crazy. yeah. And Danilo Gallinari is really good. He's one of their better players, you know, on this on this team. It's crazy. Um, Houston goes eight deep, and their three man ban- uh, their three men. Three men bench is Jeff Green, who Renaissance man Jeff Green. Every once in a while, Uncle, it's like, one, it's like once Jeff a year. Green. It's once a year Jeff Green will rise from the ashes, ball out a couple games. Everybody will look at that dude and be like, "Man, I wish I had Jeff Green on my team." And then he into back into the depths of hell for for Jeff Green. It, it's every year, dude. It's every single year without fail. Yeah, I love this guy, dude. Uh, Uncle Jeff Green is the man. He's just yeah. uh, he's a play, he's a playoff stud. That's all he that's all he wants to do is be on a team. Apparently, in the he don't care about the regular season. He care about no. the playoffs. 
Um, crazy, crazy series. Uh, Houston not having Russell Westbrook is a um, a huge detriment to the team, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, you know, they get Russell Westbrook back, and now we're talking. Um, you know, well now I think Houston's back in business, but uh, without Russell Westbrook, I mean, every, it's a toss-up. I mean, I, I kind of thought Houston was going to run away a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Paul doesn't really seem like he wants to go home just yet. Uh, respect. Uh, James Harden is still a monster. It's just been a back and forth series. And yeah. It's cool to see. Well, the thing with the the thing with the Rockets, right? You're going to beat the Rockets if the Rockets make you know ten out of their fifty threes, right? <laughs> They're going to yeah fifty in, in game four or game three, I guess they went. Oh no, this was game. This was game four. Now it's two two. Yeah. Fifty eight threes. That's ridiculous. They made 23 of them. They made 23 of them. And that's why the game was close, right? That's why they, I mean, they lost 114, 117, but still uh-huh. you're going to win if they shoot 10 of, if they make 10 of them, or if you hold them to 40, I guess, I don't know. They're going to shoot their, they're going to shoot their three pointers no matter what. And if you can limit that, or if they can miss them, you're going to win the series. I don't know how often they're going to miss them, but this is definitely a yeah, series that's, to watch. That's, that's, that's another question is how, how often are they going to miss? Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough to guard James Harden, but Lugans Dort, Lou Dort, is doing a stand-up job uh, yeah. against him. He went to Arizona State. He went undrafted. Um, he's built like a like a like a Mack truck. That's a big truck. He's he's a big huge, dude. dude. He's it's it's insane that like a rookie even though he's built like a tr- like a tree can come in and you know not dominate James Harden but be, be able effective. to like it, but but limit him in what he's able to do impede his movement a little bit like extend on a step back it, it, it's insane and it, it, it's tough that that this dude's name is Lugans Dort and now everyone like everybody's kind of hearing about him mm-hmm. um i think they have another one i they they have a they have a solid defender here in 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 Ludor. They have another piece. They keep finding these guys, and good for them, honestly. You know. Okay, seeing development, man. I mean, you got a shout out to the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Billy Donovan's doing a phenomenal job over there. Um, I listen. I don't think. I I mean, I think it's going to go in seven games, and mm-hmm. whoever shoots the lights out is going to win the game. I mean, I yeah. Think, Russell Westbrook is going to have to come back and play basketball for the mm-hmm. Houston Rockets to win this. And then even if, if even if they go into the next round and they play um, the Lakers, I don't even know if they win that series. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the Lakers are playing basketball is very high level. And mm-hmm. I mean, all, all the Houston Rockets really have are shooters. Defense, forget about that. That already left. They left that in Houston when they came into the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, tough. Tough. It I don't think OKC is. too much either, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we got Denver and Utah. And uh, one of the, the key players here in this Denver series has been uh, has been Jamal Murray, right? Now, if you remember, if you recall, one of the first podcasts we did, we bought and sold teams. I sold uh-huh. the Denver Nuggets because I didn't think that they were uh, built – uh, yeah, they were good. I just didn't think that they were necessarily built for uh, what they're trying to do. Um, 
one of those things is Jamal Murray is going to come out one game and score 40. And then the next game is going to come out and score 12. And you're going to be like, where the hell did that guy go? Um, but he has taken my criticism thus far and twisted it sideways and shoved it back up my, you know what? Um, so it's, it's insane that, that he's, that he's been able to do what he's doing I, I, I don't, I don't know what I you don't. want me to say. You talk, you refer back to the first episode where he bought and sold. You sold, I bought. <laughs> I, know. I got nothing to say. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, they're still losing this. They're still losing the series, right? So we can we can acknowledge the fact that they're they're still down three two. They're on the ropes uh, right now. I just can't believe it's. I mean, it's pretty much been the Donovan Mitchell show, and it's kind of ridiculous that he's just dropping 50 on Denver mm-hmm. like it's it's no problem yeah like it's nothing um, like it's nothing and this is really what everybody kind of wanted to see from Donovan Mitchell like we know you can score but what else can you like can you defend at a high level um I didn't think, can you distribute I didn't think he had it in him to be completely honest with you I didn't think he had it in him um I am shocked and it's crazy because he's a baller yeah, 30, 30 points in game five. He had 50 points in game four. And then in game three, I think he also had another. Uh, he dropped he a 50 another... piece in the first game, I thought. How is he? Oh, he had 20 in game three. Yeah, but he's, I mean, he's been, he's been solid. He's been one of the most consistent players in this, in this series, right? And they're getting a lot out of Mike Conley. Mike Conley has the Fred Van Vliet jump where he, like, you know, has a kid and now he balls out. Um, Apparently, it's, it's that daddy power. Yeah, but uh, this, this, this series is, is definitely one for the books. Um, I, I, think, uh, I think the Jazz are going to take it 4-2. And then I think they're going to get crushed in their next round matchup against the Clippers. Oh yeah, I, or Dallas yeah. with the Clippers. Um, but the Clippers, yeah, I think they're the Clippers. <laughs> um, it, well, it's it's weird the way this Jazz team is built because you look at the the guys getting Bennett's off the bench, right? Tony Bradley, Juwan Morgan, Gorgeous Niang, and Jordan Clarkson. Um, Jordan Clarkson shot the light out last game. I think he had like thirty points. He had 17, but he had 14 of those 17 in the first half. And then he went cold. Yeah, well, that, listen, that's Jordan Clarkson. I don't even expect him to make three buckets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Jazz are just kind of getting lucky. You know, they're they're getting lucky with their role players producing. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't think it translates when they play the Clippers. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And Rudy Gobert is making Nikola Jokic his 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 son, his large adult son, his large adult yeah. Serbian son. I think Jokic um, needs to put those pounds back on. Yeah, it, it's it's. Or he'll they're, be they're, he'll beef up in the off season, put some muscles on it. Put yeah, some muscles on. That ain't no that ain't no problem. That I mean, he's no he's probably one of the best offensive. He's he's still probably the best offensive uh, center in the league. But like, he's getting. <laughs> He's getting stifled by uh, by Rudy Gobert, and, and not necessarily last game because I think he started that game like f- I think he started like six for six and like four or four from three or something like that. But he is he is 
kind of getting bodied down low on on defense, and that's to be kind of expected. But you can't you can't get that in a playoff game. Like that's that's some stuff that you can't really let happen. Uh, I guess moving on to the last game, we got the Clippers in Dallas, and this has a lot of intertwined storylines. I think. So, do you want to start with Paul George? Oh, oh gosh. All right. Let's start with Luca. Let's start on a high note. I'd rather end on a crappy note than. End. Okay, that's fine. Wow. Yeah. Holy wow. cow. Okay. Yeah, that's. I. I mean, I was going to say the same thing. What just, wow? What I've seen. It would. Wow. Whoa. It's I mean, nuts. He single-handed. He single-handedly wins them basketball games. Like yeah, the, he's. There's really nothing. I I don't really know what to say about him because all you have to do is watch. You watch him, and then you just like he's only what he's he what is he nineteen twenty years old? I mean, like (laughs) he's yeah, like and he's over there uh, uh, hitting those game winners, and uh, especially on that soft left ankle when he twist. You see, it twisted and it went like this. I mean, he's walking. It just yeah, I, I don't know what to say. Um, he's just, I mean, this he, dude has been going against professional basketball players since he was like 14 in Europe. You know what I mean? Like those dudes. Well, yeah. When you play overseas, those, I mean, we know those. Yeah. Those he's playing against grown men. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he and knows. those guys are like. Those it wasn't guys are, he the one that he said when he moved over that this is actually? Oh, the NBA is a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and to that sorry, point, like sorry. these are. These are European dudes who aren't making as much money, right? See this 17-year-old dude beating him up, basically, and then they want to go out and, you know, physically beat him up. They might be waiting after the yeah. game for him with, uh, <laughs> you know, with, with, with bats. With bats um, and crowbar. Yeah, yeah, like waiting out in the back alleys, waiting to beat him. Yeah, but uh, no, he's, he's – I mean, he's, he's doing this on the NBA level too. And uh, shout-out to Mike Breen because – that uh, Mike Breen a double bang, yelling, yeah. Mike Breen yelling bang might be the most satisfying uh, call in sports. Yes, yes, yeah. It's it is. I but that shot was all. I, I I remember watching that game live, and or I guess maybe on a three second whatever. Because since they don't want us to hear anybody cussing, um, and I, listen, I knew I knew he was gonna make it. I mean, mm-hmm. you just – it just – he uh, – oh, God. And the double bang is just how I felt, too. Like, you're watching it, and you're like, oh, this is good. Yeah. I'm going to read you – I'm going to read you his playoff stats. All I'm going to say is when that Dallas – I was going to say it was when that Dallas team gets Kristaps back, 100% Kristaps back yes. the next year probably. Yes. Well, not this year. We'll forget about this year. We'll say next year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, Luca needs just a little bit of help, and that's all he needs. It's just a little bit, not even a lot, because he's not getting any help right now. All he needs, his help is Maxi yeah. Kleba and Tim Hardaway Jr. That's his help. Yeah, which he's still he's still putting on numbers. And I'll, I'll give you some playoff stats here. We got Luka Doncic, thirty points a game, right? Ten rebounds, eight assists, on fifty-seven, forty-nine percent shooting from the floor, and thirty-four percent from three, right? That's solid for a dude's first time in the playoffs going against Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Pat Bev, and Marcus Morris. Marcus Harrell, Marcus Morris. Yeah, those guys are going to those guys are gonna beat you up. But you also have Tim Hardaway Jr. giving you twelve a game. 
excuse me, giving you 19 a game um, on 40% from the, on 40% from three Seth Curry, who's shooting out of his mind. Um, it's, is getting, is giving you production. And we had a renaissance of Trey Burke. That's what happened. Oh my God. Trey Burke. Yeah, we had a renaissance of Trey Burke. He's averaging 13 a game, shooting 53% from three and 57% from the floor. Is that going to hold up long-term? No. Even right. Maxi Kleba's been playing well. He's shooting three yeah. ball. He's playing down low. And it's, I think that's a testament to Luca mm-hmm. getting guys open, passing guys open, driving, kicking out. Um, yeah. I mean, Maxi Kleber right now is shooting 15% from three. One five. Oh, so he's – Never mind. But you know what he can do? No, but to your point, you know what he can do. He can shoot the basketball. He's not going to be lights out like a Porzingis or like a – you know, like, no. a, like any other bigger guy, but – he's still like, you still have to respect it because you know what he can do. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And they're getting some value out of Boban too. It's, it's weird seeing Boban on a court and like actually doing some stuff because I don't know. He just looked big, but he's, (laughs) but he's like, he's making like fadeaways, like little flick jumpers. And he's, it's, it's going in like, like it's nothing, but um this is it's definitely hard not a fun to be a fan team. To watch. Of that. I'm a huge fan of that Dallas Mavericks team. It's hard not yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love that team. And, and Luca, give him another two years, and he's going to be the best player in basketball. Yeah, I mean, um, he's definitely going to be up there. It's 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 kind of nuts that that they're giving him fits, right? I don't know if the Clippers came in here a little unprepared, a little, you know. But uh, I think so. They start. I think they started off slow. The Clippers. Well, I mean, it didn't help that. Paul George was shooting like two percent, yeah, for for the first four games or three yep. games. Um, Kawhi Leonard hasn't really put the team yeah. on his back, and every, everyone on that team's just kind of been playing mediocre. It hasn't really mm-hmm. been like the Clippers are playing like the high caliber team that they are. Um, I mean, now play last game, last you know their last game. Paul George finally decided to make the ba- uh, basketball. Yeah, he was due. I mean, for him. everyone was kind of like, oh, he stinks. But it's like, nah, it's Paul George. Like, he's going to, like, he's going to get more. He's going to – it's there, right? Um, but we know that this Dallas team is going to score, right? Their strategy right now is like, hey, if Kawhi comes down, makes a two, we're going to come down, also make a two, right? And there's nothing yeah. you can really do to stop it. Uh, it's an offensive-heavy series because – the Mavs are really good on offense, and they also stink at defense. So we'll see how yeah. uh, we'll see how this goes. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be competitive moving forward. It is. I think it's two two. Yeah, no, it's three two. It's three two Clippers. I think Game uh, Six is going to be competitive, but I don't think I don't yeah. think Dallas pulls out a pulls out another. No, one. I don't think. I don't think Dallas pulls out another one. It'd be shocking if they win this series. No. Um, and even if they do, this is the thing, you know, listen, if, if they win that series. And this they is play... experience, right? This is absolute experience going against guys like, like you said, going against guys like uh, Kawhi, like Paul George, like Montrezl Harrell, like Morris. Like these are top echelon NBA defenders, right? And this is a young team and this is only going to help them in the long term, right? So Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun series and that's all I really care about at this point. You mm-hmm. know, um, Luca's must must watch T V. Absolutely. Um, I think I think out of the whole you know, like i I wanna watch him more than I wanna watch James Harden and LeBron mm-hmm. James. Uh you know I want to watch him more than I want to watch him more than any other team. I mean, besides the Celtics, I got to watch Celtics, but I want to watch Luka Doncic play basketball. I mean, 
it's fun and it's new and what, it's what's like, he gonna do next what's he gonna do exactly. next man i don't know exactly don't know. um i guess we can get into a little bit of paul george right he's been struggling and he said he's been going through some mental health stuff uh that's been kind of holding him back he broke out of it and went for uh 30? i believe he went for 30 yeah um 30 or 32 i'm not sure yeah and it's good for Paul George, right? Because if Paul George is firing, this team is this team is one of the more unbeatable teams in the in the NBA, right? Between oh, Kawhi yeah, Leonard no and Paul George, um, and the, the the bevy of role players that they have there. Um, do you see Paul George's struggles continue, or do you think he broke out of it? I think he broke out of it. Um, I think, well, at least for this series, I think he's he's finally comfortable. I mean, all you really need is to see the ball go through the basket to kind of get back going. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that swagger is going to travel uh, or carry over to this weekend when hopefully mm-hmm. they start playing again. Um, will it transfer over to the next series? I don't know. Um, I think Juan needs to step it up a little bit too. I mean, they signed him to be the big boy and he's not really being the big boy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, putting the team on his back, you know, even, even a, Paul George putting up 15 a game, Kawhi should still be able to put up 30, you know, or, you know, small 30s, 35, 40 points at, at least, and, uh, you know, kind of do what he's got to do and, and shoot the lights out. But he's not even really shooting the lights out, too, but Kawhi really isn't that kind of guy. But still, you sign Kawhi to be that dude. You sign Paul George to be the number two. You know, Paul George has been eh. I don't know. I think yeah. he breaks out. I think he's fine. I think he carries it into into next game. And that's why I think he shoots the light. All, all all the Clippers need is for him to shoot, and they will win. That is it. Mm-hmm. And to that point, like if you don't see if you don't see the ball go in the first couple times, right? Do you don't have to keep shooting it, Paul George? Like like do something else. Like drive to the basket. Drive and kick drive it out. To the basket. Catch a lob. Kick out. Do you something. Know? Yeah. Like, yeah, play. It, you know, even though even those go... good defensive, even those good defensive plays for him, you know, getting a steal, getting a block, and taking it to the other, you you mm-hmm. know, coast to coast, that yeah. that's a that's a confidence booster. It's it's tough seeing him go like zero for two from the floor and then kind of being a little bit passive when you know you know what Paul George can do. Like like we've seen yeah. it. Like and he's is he he's in the upper echelon of stars. He's not a. I don't think he's a superstar per se, but he's in yeah, that upper he's echelon. He's definitely of stars. like tier two, tier three. Sure, I yeah, and that's two, and that's yeah. good, right? And that's not a dude that you expect to really dip into these, these shooting slumps like that. But for him to to kind of just be passive a little bit, like be aggressive, because this uh-huh. this this Dallas team isn't going to stop you. You see Maxi Kleba in front of you. What are you going to do? Are you going to pass out of it? No, you're going to drive to the hoop. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Barney, no one's really why, why stopping you on this Dallas team. Him and Tim, Hard- Tim Hardaway, exactly. Dorian Finney-Smith. Are you telling mm-hmm. me you're not going to just take them to the rack? I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paul George yeah. is a big dude. Yeah, so Paul George keeps shooting. Um, yeah, don't stop. Yeah, don't stop. So that pretty much covers everything that I kind of had on the docket. So that's all the uh, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, that is. Like I said in the beginning, if you like what you hear. Let us know what you think. Review, rate, comment, follow us on Twitter. Nick, your Twitter is at Tobias underscore Nick. Nick or the other Tobias. way around. Nick we'll underscore we'll, Tobias. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll say that one, yeah. I think it's All that right, one. Nick underscore Tobias. Mine is uh, at Burner of Anthony. Um, Caps on sports. Yeah, follow yeah. anything. Hit us up. Yeah, let do us what you know. Gotta do. So uh, next week, the return of trivia. What's up? Until yeah, then. the return of trivia.
Until then, see you next week.